I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. Today, um, we have Krista uh, coming on. I'll bring her in in a minute. She is one of my friends. Um, again, I think I saw her work at one point in a show um, that was up in Philly, and I bought a piece of it, and then um, I'm a little bit creepy. I stalk, and so I introduced myself to her, I think, um, and we became, we became friends over the past few years, um, and she has uh, a really interesting um, story to tell about how her work um, kind of went on hiatus for a little bit of time. And she recently, over the past few uh, years, has come back to an intentional studio practice and has really made it um, a goal and a mission to develop her artistic voice in a pretty incredible way. So, all right. So remember, share your name with StreamYard if you care to be identified. If not, you can make anonymous comments. Um, and we'll bring, we'll bring Krista in right now. I'm going to add her and she'll show up. There she is, I think. Krista. Hi. Hey, are you there? Yeah, you can hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. All right. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I usually get really nervous about these things, but I think because you're my friend, I was just like not nervous today. I mean, I'm a little nervous now, but um, <laughs> that's nice, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad that you were willing to come and hang out. Um, you know, the I love these conversations. I really think that it's important that we share our stories with one another, especially um, as artists, as creators. We've been um, holed up more um, uh, isolated than maybe sometimes we usually are. And we kind of lose sight of like, are there other people out there like me trying to figure this stuff out? Um, yeah. Especially now as we're trying to get back to um, creative practice. Um, so it's really yeah. helpful to have people like you come on and and hang out for for a few minutes with us. So can you give us a little bit of an idea of who you are, what your thing is, um, what you've been working on lately? Um, and then I'll just kind of guide the conversation if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's great. My name is Krista Dedrick Lai, and um, I'm primarily a painter. I also do mixed media pieces. I was working on something earlier today. It's really big. Oh, my head's in the way. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to take my mixed media pieces and like make them bigger. Um, and I I am interested in a very colorful palette. And I'm also thinking a lot about identity and mental illness and um, yeah, all kinds of things like that right now in my work. I'm also a mom. I have a a little boy who's about to be four mm -hmm. and so that uh, really impacts me as a person and has also really impacted my journey and um, the way I've kind of gotten back into art. Right. So can you yeah. talk to us a little bit about that journey? I mean, was it when your son, your son was born that um, you kind of took a step back or were you taking a step back from art making before even he showed up on the scene to kind of change your life in a, in a pretty crazy way making yeah, it yeah i had like almost the opposite experience of a lot of parents i think in that when i became pregnant with my son 
I had been making artwork again for like a couple years up to that point. And um, when I became pregnant with him and we had tried for a couple years to get pregnant. So we were like, yeah. you know, um, I just sort of start, it was like real all of a sudden. I just felt like this immense responsibility to like um, be the best like version of myself that I could. And the only way I knew how to do that, it was like this gut sort of, on a gut level, I was like, I, the only thing I can do really well that feels like it's really going to be the best version of myself is just to make art. And I know that yeah. sounds really crazy, but I've literally told that story hundreds of times. It feels like, because um, it just really, I got so serious then. And so the whole time right. I was pregnant, I was being very serious with my art making. And then even after he was born, um, it definitely slowed down <laughs> when he was in sure. but, um I just, uh, I made so much more than I ever had before. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's really interesting that you kind of had a, um, I don't know if you were serious when you said you had like a gut kind of instinct or something, but I think of it like you had some kind of like somatic experience in your body that's like, I need, this is part of me. This is who I am. And I have no idea what it's like to be a mother. Um, and that's probably a good thing. I would make a horrible mom. <laughs> um, but you're a dad. I'm sure I'm you a dad. I have a little bit of an idea, I think. But as a mom, I think... Um, you know, some of some of my clients that I work with, like just talk about sometimes how when they become moms, um, their identity is sometimes a bit stripped away from them, or they fear that their identity might be stripped away from them. All of a sudden, all of their attention or a lot of their attention is kind of put towards this little being that they've created. Um, but I'm hearing you say like, it's so important. It was so important for me to hold on to a part of my identity or to um, make sure that uh, my identity stays alive. And the way that I do that um, is by listening to this voice inside of me that says you need to be making. Um, at least that's kind of how I was hearing you. I don't know if that resonates at all with you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I don't want to paint it as like a super rosy picture. I had postpartum depression and anxiety. Like it was yeah. really, I did feel that sense of, I mean, that's well put of like your identity being stripped away. But then alongside of that was this other piece about, you know, that was very much about the art where I was like, I didn't have a lot of time. I didn't make a lot when he was baby, but um, right. I just, prior to that, there were so many things for so many years that kept me from really seriously engaging. And I felt like I wasn't able to give myself the permission to create huh. just for myself, but I was okay. able to do it for my love for him, which I know sounds weird, but I just felt like I need to be a badass. You know, this kid deserves the best parent that I can right. be. I feel like for me, that's this thing I've already been trying to like engage with for the first yeah. time in years. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how well, it he helped you make, he helped you um, like realize the importance of making. And if it was hard for you to, uh, make for yourself, having him come along uh, kind of helped guide you through that that funnel a bit to getting back into doing what's really important for yeah. you. Like what was what was hard for you, do you think, about being okay with making for yourself? Why was that? Difficult? Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, that's such a good question. Um, I went to school for art. So I graduated, I think, 2002 um, okay. from Taylor. And I did make 
seriously, create seriously for a couple of years, but I just um, really, really struggled in my twenties with mental illness. And uh, mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to work so hard, so many part-time jobs just to keep insurance. Yeah. And I was on and off medications because insurance would drop or come back into play, different insurance, um, different kinds of meds, you know, providers. And um, I just really, it just was so hard to just kind of do things that it seemed like it was easy for other people to do. And so mm-hmm. I worked really hard to like, cultivate some stability in my life. Um, and, and I am proud that I did, but it just, um, it was, there was like very little left over for yeah. art. And then as the years went by, I felt um, a, such a sense of failure. Um, Cause this was just something I wanted to do my wow. whole life, you know, and everyone expected I would do my whole life. Really? And so yeah. When I couldn't, when I couldn't like keep doing it, and the ways I knew how to create and the ways that I felt drawn to create didn't seem like they fit with what I saw of other artists in my life. And at that time, specifically like male artists in my life, like I just didn't think about it the way that they did. I didn't pursue it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so I just really felt um, like I had failed and it was too late for like a really long time. Oh my gosh. That yeah. must be, that's so tough, <laughs> right? To have that, have that kind of weight take over. Right, mm-hmm. that just like weighs you down, and you start starting to to compare yourself, or to yeah. look around you and see all of the people that have apparently been able to do this or do that, or or get noticed here or there, and you're kind of standing there like, hey, like what about what about me? I've been just keeping myself alive, yeah, um, sure. right, and and to feel like because you were trying to keep yourself alive you kind of miss the boat on being successful in this other way is just a really makes me sad to hear that. Like, yeah, that really resonates. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for seeing that. Yeah. But, but somewhere along the way you said, Nope, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to up, get up and I'm going to push through, um, yeah. through that difficulty, that, that sense of failure or that fear of being a failure. Yeah, it was through like, I had been doing a lot of counseling for like a long time. And I was just really, I was in a job I was unhappy with. But I, anything I could have done to like make a move, like getting more education in that field or whatever, just, it just didn't appeal to me at all. And I was just sort of like spending a lot of time thinking about like how I, just my own patterns of behavior and in relationships and just trying to improve myself in general. And then, um, I met my husband, we got married and we were trying to get pregnant for a while and Mm -hmm. my health wasn't good. I had some other health things going on. I was doing all this like nutrition and stuff and like listening to my intuition. And I just had some moments where I was like, I have like abandoned this really core part of myself, this like little child part of myself. That's the creative part. That's how it felt to me. And so there's just, I spent a lot of time trying to like, make amends with that person and and be there for that person and it was like a very slow awkward road in terms of the art i made at that time (laughs) but yeah uh, what was some of the art like that you made back when you were just kind of trying to make amends with that part of yourself like yeah i started in what felt to me a very safe place which was i've always um like drawing and drawing representationally has always been like a very comfortable spot for me. Yeah. Um, it feels like 
it feels not easy, but like very doable for me. Um, and so I was doing, I just started doing little charcoal drawings and little pencil drawings of like okay. things. And then I started yeah. um, selling them on Etsy and doing like custom portraits on Etsy for like, okay. for like no money at all, just sure. to like build my confidence. And I did that for like a year. Okay. And that was like really the first, the first thing. That's so important though. Like you just identified something that you can, you could access where you were, right? Like you said, what, what do I know I can do right now? What isn't too big for me right now? How can I put my, how can I like put my toe back into like having people see that I'm a maker um, and then have people buy these pieces, right? To build some confidence to say, oh, I, I'd like, this part of me that I have kind of had to back burner for one reason or another, or that has been kind of ignored for another reason is still there within me. Right. Yeah. And it's really, I think, you know, cause I don't know if anybody has taken the time I posted um, your URL, your website um, earlier this week, but I don't know if they've taken the time to look at some of the work um, that you've been making most recently. Um, and some of it is big. Yeah. You know, some of it is pretty big. You don't, you know, your small tends to be like, you know, my big <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I'm making right now. And so I think sometimes people think that they have to get right back into doing the more ambitious work, right? If I'm not doing the ambitious work, then what am I actually doing? Um, right. You know, and it's, it's nice to hear that you, when you re-entered, you did you did small stuff stuff that was like accessible for you what you could handle what you knew and kind of eased your way into growing to where you're you're at today and following yeah that path. Right. yeah totally and even i mean i've only been painting really large recently and it's taken mm -hmm. me a lot to build up to that i think you and right. i have really talked about that like scaling up is is tricky and it was kind of just like a like a, an adventure I wanted to set for myself and something to try and um, mm -hmm. it's been fun. And now I'm trying to like scale back down a little bit because okay. I don't have a lot of room to store all these big paintings. Right. <laughs> it's been really fun. And I, the work I'm making now is like very similar to what I was making right before I stopped making work in my early twenties, which is kind okay. of interesting that it's taken me like on one hand, I'm like, this means like, this is the work I'm supposed to make. Like, it's like real, mm -hmm. like it really resonates. But on the other hand, I'm like, wow, it took me, you know, time to like get back to the same level of proficiency. Like that's that constant inner dialogue of like fighting the negativity and just there's yeah. that voice that'll say like, you're, you know, what if you had never stopped? Like, where might you be? So I have to fight that a lot. Oh, wow. There's that inner, there's the inner critic there, right? Yeah. That yeah. really likes to get on your ass about, you know, all of the things that you should have been doing or, of course. You, right. And yeah, yeah, what if you hadn't stopped? You would have been so much further, right? That's what, it, that's what she wants right. to tell you. Right. But no, it's really interesting that you kind of, uh, and important that you kind of stayed the course, right. And that you are now seeing yourself come back around in in some ways to finding that language again in a really yeah. natural way you can kind of say you know like fuck the inner critic for being yeah. so critical right um yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can talk about the inner critic if you want. Yeah. Um, like talk to us about the inner <laughs> critic. Talk to us. I know you mentioned that you have some stuff to say about imposter syndrome, right? And feeling as though you're an imposter. And I think that that can be kind of linked to her, the inner critic probably. So that would be awesome to hear about. And then I do want to talk just as like a primer, just about, um, you know, what your work is about, how, um, uh, because I know that you have you, you, you mention in your work or your reference in your work, your health, your mental health. Um, you also are really a strong social justice advocate and ally in the community. Um, and if you would be willing to kind of talk about some of that and how you can bring some of your work um, and artistic approach into being an advocate and an ally for the marginalized and the least of these among us, um, that would be awesome too. But talk to me about the inner critic first. Um, yeah, so I, I don't remember when, but, um, like a year into making work, I was just really like, again, I, I was really encountering the inner critic a lot and I always do. And I read all these books, um, art and fear is one I read and I read Elizabeth Gilbert's book about creativity. I can't remember the mm -hmm. name right now, but yeah, it's evading me too, but I know yeah. I, I can picture the cover of it. <laughs> magic in it. I don't know, but, um, right. I think maybe. But she talked about, I honestly like don't remember a lot about that book, but I remember she talked about um, understanding that your inner critic was like always gonna be in the car with you. Like if you mm. imagine like you're in the driver's seat, you've got all these parts of yourself in the car as passengers and like the inner critics like riding shotgun. This is what I took away from it. I don't know if this is what she actually said. No, go and for it, this sounds good to understanding, me. Understanding they're always gonna be there and kind of like making friends with them a little bit and just being like, how I've come to see it as like, this is a part of myself that is really just trying to protect me. Like uh -huh. this is a part right. of myself that really wants the best for me and they're going about it in a really difficult and um, not uh, an, an inefficient and unhelpful way, but just kind of trying to see like, oh, I see that you're trying to help me. Um, and like Elizabeth Gilbert said, uh, just don't let them in the driver's seat. They can't, they can be there Right. They just can't be in the driver's seat. They can't make the decisions. So right. uh, as someone who struggles a lot with anxiety, I've just had to use that way of thinking a lot. Just like this part of me is probably always going to be here. Yeah. This fear, this anxiety. Um, I'm honestly like trembling a little bit now as I talk to you. And I just, um, I just yeah. kind of like can't let it keep me from doing things anymore. So I'm just really trying to make friends with all of that. Just be like, okay, I see you. You're trying to help me. It's not helpful, but you can be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And I, I laugh because it's like, yeah, I, I do. I also have to talk to my inner critic like that a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's here now. It's here um, every day when I'm working with clients, it's with me when I'm upstairs in my studio too. Um, mm -hmm. And it really is like, if you let that thing, that other part of yourself into the driver's seat, it's it's not going to be good news for you that day, right? right? Um, yeah. Whereas if you can kind of acknowledge its existence, because it really wants to be acknowledged, right? Um, Is that and, it? I didn't realize that. Yeah, like you have to <laughs> acknowledge it. Wants it, it wants okay. to be acknowledged, right? It's trying to protect you. Can you acknowledge it? Like, yeah, I see or I hear you. I see you. I feel you, right? And yeah. I don't really understand your methods <laughs> exactly. of trying to protect me. Um, but I know that that's what you're trying to do, but I promise you, or I believe that 
I can, I can take these steps without you right now. So mm-hmm. if you want to hang out, hang out, but can you take a seat in the back? Yeah. Right? Um, and I promise I will call you if I need you. Yeah. I like that. Right. Um, yeah. you know, like our, our, you know, an anxiety, um, is, uh, is really our way of, our brain's way of protecting us from getting hurt again, right? We're experiencing something again. And our brains are really, really stupid in that they do not decipher um, grades of risk or threat. Yeah. 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 So like right now yeah. talking to me, right, maybe is the same thing as like a bear chasing you down in terms of like yeah. what your brain is being. Physical a threat. reaction. A little bit. Yeah. You know? That's- yeah. So, so if we can kind of understand like, okay, I need to treat, treat this as what it is trying to protect me. And then I can, um, kind of let it know that if, if I'm really in danger, I will, I will, I will listen to you. Yeah. Like, but right now I'm just talking to TJ, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. But that inner critic, so befriend the inner critic. I really like what you said there about, about making it your friend, making her your friend. I just kind of like, she's always going to be there. So I might as well get used to it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of how I, I see it is like try to try to become her friend because she's always going to be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So how about your, your work? How does, how does your, how do you tackle maybe the inner critic in your work? Um, do you tackle it? Does she kind of show up and make herself kind of known in your work? And do you kind of work her, her in there in a way that's appropriate? Um, how does your mental health, um, uh, experiences, experiences with mental health challenges, uh, make their way into your work? Um, what are you trying to communicate, uh, in the paintings when we look at them today? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I think a lot about identity. Um, I have a mood disorder that um, I went off my meds many years back and kind of was trying to manage on my own. And then yep. like a lot of people, the pandemic broke my brain and <laughs> I just really wasn't doing well for a while. But now I'm back on medication and I have, um, you know, very supportive family and supportive uh, medical providers. But um part of that disorder is like just I'm never I'm not always a consistent person and I think most of my life I've um really felt I don't I think some of it is um just maybe the culture I grew up in and I think some of it is just like um like capitalist patriarchy in a way just Uh I felt like there was something wrong with me because I wasn't consistent nothing about me is consistent. And, um, I like, you know, I'll be very high energy for a period period of time. I won't be sleeping Mm -hmm. and then I'll be maybe normal for a bit of time or, you know, I don't know if it's, it doesn't really compare to like a person without mental illnesses baseline, but it's like the closest thing and then depressed for a long period of time also not sleeping. So, um, I present very differently. At least it feels to me. I feel very differently, mm. and I feel like I'm presenting very different, very differently. And it's very hard to describe to someone who 
doesn't experience it. The only thing I can think of is like um, Stranger Things, you know, that, what do they call it? The upside down, like the the alternate reality. That yeah. They, the, yeah. Yeah. If, you if you kind have, of feel like you're kind of like in a different, you're in a different time zone or a different universe a little bit, right? Yeah, like you're like, not exactly. It's, it's so similar to what everyone else is experiencing, but it's totally different and it's mm -hmm. terrible. And no one has any idea like what wow. is going on and you're right there with them in the same reality. So it's very hard to talk about. I'm probably bungling it, but I've, I've been painting very lately funny. to just try to express that, like what it's like to live that way. And um, I, cause I've really been trying to make peace with like, it's okay that I don't, um, it's okay that I'm not always the same and, you know, I'm doing a lot better now, but it's, it's really okay that like I can stick to one like creative business plan for like a couple months and then I have to shift. Like I just can't carry through any of those um, productivity tips or business tips or anything. I can't carry it through consistently forever. Right. Um, and even in the studio, uh, some days I just really need to experiment. Some days I really need to like get down to business and work on a commission. And some days I just can't like function. So I have to go do something else, you know? Right. Um, so I really try to put all of my anxiety and all of my um, angst, I guess, and just experiences into, into my paintings right now. That's what I'm doing. And um I, I, yeah, I don't know how else to convey it other than in painting. So, yeah, it's your language, right? It, yeah. It's language that you can speak when the words don't make sense or when you don't feel like you're able to communicate in any other way because you're there with people, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> right? In, in the, right. In the same way. And so, painting is, is that, is that natural conduit to express what what you're going through and, and where you're at at a given time i also heard something that was really interesting that was really interesting to me i think um about um your kind of process and understanding kind of where you are in terms of your um of your of your mental health at any given time right like there's sometimes you know in the course of the ebb and the flow of what you experience that you might be better at doing certain things um, than other yeah. times. Right. And you really have to pay attention to that um, or else you might feel like, man, I, I can't, I'm not accomplishing anything because I'm just not really in the right gear. Um, has that been something that you've learned in terms of like listening to yourself, listening to your body, what can I do? What can I do? Or has it been something that just was the way it was and you didn't have to, you just fell into it? I think I just like, I learned it through quote unquote failing so many times. Like I just so many times in my life have tried to put myself on like a self-improvement plan to like be more like someone else or be more like what I imagined a successful human was like and um yeah. you know try, it, all, all kinds of things we are we're always trying to get more done right and mm -hmm. um but some of that stuff can really be detrimental um especially if you are a person with a mood disorder like it can just you know it's like a 
a milestone you can't reach. And so I think when I started being kinder to myself and just realizing like, I really have to just deal in reality now and not fantasy and just, you know, I have mm. one life. I'm, I, I turned 40 like uh, almost six months ago. And so, you know, six months already. Wow. <laughs> I, well, it was December. So I'm probably counting that wrong, but okay. um, I, yeah. and I have a child now. And so like, I'm definitely the adult and I just don't have time to waste, like wishing I was somebody else. Like I need to yeah. work on wow. what I've got. And so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say work with what I got, like, you know, I think that that's to me based on all the other things that you've been saying sounds like I'm really working to accept mm -hmm. what I have, right? Accept yeah. whatever limitations I have, accept and be thankful for the, um, the privilege and the, um, uh, good things that I have. Um, but really just like accept that this is who I am. And I'm going to make the best of that um, instead of going the other direction, which is like, oh, this is all I am yeah. and all of these other people. And I know that that if we think about the inner critic, especially as artists living in this particular day and age where, you know, it just takes a second to like tap a piece of glass and you have all of the comparisons that you yeah. can possibly want or imagine at your fingertips to it can be really easy to go to that other side of you know well why bother instead mm -hmm. of i'm going to accept yeah. this and i'm going to make something with it right i remember i i saw recently a conversation on the bold creatives facebook mm -hmm. group about about that i don't remember exactly what it was but um was it the one yeah. about um, what like do you, looking at all the artists and seeing that they're more productive or yeah, the, well, it's carefully curated, like all these things that it's good to remind ourselves, like it's everything we see on Instagram is very carefully curated. And like for me, I'll go, I, I will often have like a really productive week or two weeks and then maybe a very unproductive, like three weeks. And I'll, mm -hmm. I, I take my pictures myself and then I put them in an Instagram scheduling app. So that they like a new piece if i made a bunch of small pieces a new piece pops up like monday through friday for a couple of weeks so everyone's like wow you're being so productive and i'm like right. no i'm just i'm not you know i'm doing other things i need to do right now and i think a lot of people do that and so it's easy to forget like um you know you don't see the whole picture and right. you just have to do what you can do if all you when my son was an infant um i he just uh he didn't sleep much <laughs> he wasn't a big sleeper he wasn't he wasn't sleeper. either timo wasn't either <laughs> yeah it was like everyone was like sleep when the baby sleeps and i was like the baby doesn't sleep so um <laughs> what do i you know um so i cut up all these tiny pieces of paper and then i would just do like really quick paintings while he was like in the ergo and i'm like bouncing on a yoga ball like and uh, you know you just do do what you can Right. And that was, um, I think that was the Napscape series, right? Yeah. Uh, son, when he was sleeping, th these were the paintings that you did to kind of steal away time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got, they got a little bit larger as he got a little older, but um, he would take like not a lot of naps during the day and they would be like precisely 35 minutes. <laughs> and so right. I named the, the first series of really small ones, I named it 34 minutes and 59 seconds because I could like, 
set a timer by it. So I really, it was a great, great exercise in loosening up for me because I tend to be a little bit tight and like precious about things. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't. And so I, and I couldn't plan things. I couldn't overthink it. I had been doing collage work um, prior to that. And I just, that went out the window and uh, it was, it was great. It like caused me to really loosen up. Yeah. They're really wonderful. And Thanks. so you were showing these in the, I think the 2018 year um, yeah, so. at, at Inliquid and like I had Sam and I had just um, had Timo. And yeah. so I was like, Oh, Napscapes. And then I read what they were about and I was like, yeah, I can totally relate to this right now. Um, but, but from here, your work, you know, this language still exists in, in ways in your current work, this yeah. looser, looser language. And, um, you know, I, I've noticed you've been bringing the, bringing the figure back into your work again. Um, yeah, I've been like ways. trying for years to figure out how to bring representation back in and, this is the closest I've gotten to it feeling right. So I'm really, I, I just love, I do love the figure and I love representation. So I'm, I'm trying to have the best of both worlds. Like I love abstraction. I love representation. So I'm trying to do both. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about, is it okay to talk a little bit about like how you kind of see, see the world and like where your passions are right now in terms of, um, in terms of uh, justice and accountability and um, kind of how you use um, uh, how you use your voice and your art to uh, draw attention to what we as white people need to be need to be thinking and and doing um, and sure. paying attention to from your perspective. I feel uh, I want to make it clear I'm I'm not an expert. I'm a, I'm yeah. like your average white privileged person, and um, yep. I I used to make more work about um, justice issues. And I think um, I, you know, sort of like woke up around the time Trump was running for, um, running for presidents, you know, his presidency. And um, I just kind of was very aware, like this is something I've been aware of, but like in my privilege, not at all, like in the depth that, I needed to be. And so I, it was part of, I, I made a lot of pieces about um, white fragility and white privilege. And mm -hmm. I, I was making more as I was like learning. And I think I entered all of that thinking, um, I mean, it was a great uh, exercise in like humility, which I think white people need a lot more exercise in because we're not the experts in this. And I entered it kind of thinking, you know, holy shit, like I'm going to make a ton of mistakes and there's no way I can get right. to where I need to be um, as, you know, hopefully an accomplice unless I make a bunch of mistakes and that's going to be really humbling. And it has been. And I, I make less work because it sort of got to the point where I felt like I was. Um, it's hard to make work about like somebody else's experience, you know, when there are a lot of black and brown people making amazing work about their own experience. Like I now just prefer to lift up those voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still exploring like privately in my work that I haven't really shown a lot of um, like whiteness and 
you know, the shame that comes with some of that and just kind of wrestling. Like, um, I'm a big fan of the Nat Ministry on Instagram. I don't know, maybe some of the people watching will know. Mm -hmm. I forget the woman's name, but it's called the Nap Ministry. So look it up, it's great. Um, and she talks about, you know, ancestor work and she talks about white people need to do their own ancestor work. And I'm still parsing out what that means, but I'm just really trying to sit with like, um, that bit of identity like that's something i think about too as i make my work um you know being um being on unceded lenny lenape land yeah. being a white person in america whose family has been here for generations means that i have um sort of colonizing ancestry and um right. settler ancestry and um i i honestly just feel like um lifting up the work of black and brown people and then donating money whenever I can is maybe some of the best work I can do as a white person right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that's helpful. I did do a poster with streets department recently. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me find it. There we go. Um, I just find those. And she, yeah, she takes long breaks cause she's like, there's no need to like be posting every day. You guys, this is crazy. Like, so, um, but I just, I love, um, I love that account so much. Yeah. Highly recommend, especially if you are someone dealing with anxiety on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I addressed your question um, fully. No, I think, you know, and I, I think something that's important, like you said, you know, and again, I'm not an expert or anything either. Um, but the, the word humility, I think, is really something that is important to remember. Um, and also to do our own research and to do our own um, education instead of expecting our black and brown yeah. friends and neighbors um, to educate us, right? You know, um, they don't owe that to us, right? And, right. Um, you know, holding space and as artists, instead of, instead of maybe promoting ourselves, how can we, how can we lift, lift them up um, and give them the platform that they are, that they deserve and are due, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So Krista, this was such an awesome conversation. I really, really yeah. am so you. thankful that you, that you came on to hang out um, with us. Is the best way to find you on your website and Instagram right now? Yeah, the best way is probably website, Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So everybody, this is Krista Dedrick Lie, and she's at uh, KristaDedrickLie.com, and she is awesome. Check out her work. So again, everybody, go to BoldCreativesCollective.com, download your freebie, or get it sent to you by an email, actually, um, and keep a lookout. All right, Krista, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. Bye.